Hello, and welcome to The Staffing Show, the only podcast that delivers tools, tips, and tactics from the staffing and recruiting industry's top executives and thought leaders. Welcome to another episode of The Staffing Show. Excited to have Rob Mann on the call today with me. Uh, he's a longtime staffing industry veteran. He is an enterprise account manager for EmployStream and also the founder and creator of Automation Weekly, which is a podcast and YouTube channel that can be found online. Uh, we will leave that in the show notes. And with that, let me pass it over to Rob for a quick uh, introduction from yourself. David, thank you. Really excited to be on. Um, obviously, as the host of a podcast, or actually host of a, a channel, I think uh, Automation Weekly is more of a channel on YouTube to discuss staffing technology. Uh, but we are launching a podcast on April 15th. We're recording this on the 7th. And uh, we're pretty excited. It's going to be called the You on the Experience podcast. It's going to focus on people and technology. So just out here creating a lot of content, trying to support the the staffing industry and tell the story about how powerful we are as an industry, as well as the technology that supports us as well. Fantastic. Fantastic. Good. Um, so to start off today, we're going to be talking about a few different things, uh, going over some automation, uh, talking about candidate experience, especially touching on referrals. Uh, but I think the you know top of mind for almost every business in the world right now is uh, what's going on with uh, COVID-19. How are you responding to the you know, global pandemic? And uh, I guess to start off, just since it's, uh, uh, we did a webinar on this last week and I thought it was useful, is how, how are you seeing COVID-19 uh, and this, you know, the pandemic impact uh, your business and how is EmployeeStream responding to what's going on right now? One of the things I'm excited about that EmployeeStream's doing um, with the virus right now is uh, actually helping one of our large healthcare customers who enterprise size um, already going through implementation with EmployeeStream, but came to us to want to expand their remote I-9 capabilities because they had a bunch of branches that were basically shut down because they relied on travel nurses coming into the branch to show their verification documents. So they had to get their passport or their license uh, physically inspected uh, through employee stream. We have a tool that allows uh, for someone, a third party, someone you're living with or your roommate or neighbor um, that maybe you're quarantined with can um, review those and then take a picture of them or submit them into the employee stream app uh, so we can have a basically a point solution to help solve that remote I-9 piece. Uh, in addition, in case you guys don't know, the USCIS who governs the I-9 um, released or relaxed the regulations. So now you can observe those documents like the license and passport I just mentioned on a Zoom call or a video chat and just keep keep record of the or, or how you inspected those documents. So uh, it's pretty exciting. And we're actually talking to another really large you know, top five staffing company in the world uh, about delivering a solution like that as well for 2020. So I'm uh, pretty excited about that to be able to help to help get those travel nurses to work uh, as well as any essential workers. Uh, and yeah, just pretty excited to be able to be uh, to take part. It's been interesting to see the different verticals being impacted, and um, you know, one of the things that even in the the verticals that are doing well, uh, you know, there's uh, I've heard of concerns. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity within all of this um, if navigated correctly. Uh, but I, even even with the some of the verticals that are moving forward quickly or, or have a, a giant increases in uh, needs for labor, especially on the, the clinical side, then there's the uh, cash flow situation in terms of, you know, will hospitals be able to pay in a timely manner with what's going on there? And I, I know hospitals are losing money 
I've, I've heard uh, losing up to uh, up to if not more than a thousand dollars per COVID patient and not doing elective uh, uh, operations at the moment. So, um, you know, even when there's opportunity, there's still still some risk, but uh, definitely good to at least see some of the verticals that are moving forward. Um, with, with that, do you have? Um, I know you're you know working closely with staffing firms uh, across different verticals. Are you hearing of any? specific, um, I guess, tactics or strategies, anything that uh, you've heard of that's working well in terms of how they're manage, managing either their team or how they're doing outreach to candidates during this time? Uh, nothing specific in terms of outreach. I think, um, you know, managing their businesses is, is definitely the the lead with empathy, we probably can't say that enough on a podcast recorded during a pandemic, right? Um, but definitely hearing a lot of, um, you know, a lot of really good stories in terms of, of hiring and, and people making the best of the situation in terms of, you know, talking to candidates because, you know, the workforce, the, the workforce has not grown necessarily, but the available workforce has grown, obviously, with, you know, 10 million over the last three weeks. And that's not even including this week. And we're two days in uh, going to unemployment. Um, you know, healthcare offices are furloughing their work- workers early so that they can the administrative side so that they can get on the unemployment line and then they'll have a job when they come back. So do they, you know, people think about are they really unemployed, you know, as, as a um, metric, is that 10 million really a, a, an accurate number or is it just, you know, furloughed employees who are working for very strategic employers um, maybe is a way to think about it. Um, but I think, you know, for, for the long-term gain, the people that are doing it the right way are going to, I guess, come out, come out ahead more or less is, you know, they're going to have better candidates to talk to, and then they're going to be able to sell that story to their, you know, their customers and make sure that their customers are going to be better serviced, I guess. Yeah. And then just to add to, add to that, one thing we're seeing and hearing from a lot of companies is, um, if you're not, uh, I think being empathetic in this time, and if you're not uh, recognizing where we're at and trying to use the the same sales or marketing approach, um, I think it, it can very easily make your company sound tone deaf and uh, can, can it can frustrate some people. I've heard some uh, uh, stories from people that have had emails that went out that were just their normal kind of follow up emails, but maybe they were automated and. Um, normally they get a decent response and said they're getting uh, customers who are pissed off from it. And, uh, so I, th- I think it's uh, more important than ever to at least recognize where we're at and what we're all going through collectively. Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree. I think that's a really great talking point in terms of automation, right? So marketing automation is great, but the emails and text messages going out on a cadence is really important. And I think telling stories about your brand right now is really important. But what makes automation really powerful is the human element around it. And if you're not tying and wrapping the human element around a marketing email, like the timing, you know, being empathetic at this point, not just trying to generally sell, it's going to really come off, like you said, as tone deaf. And that, that ruins, like one bad email ruins years upon years of good positive marketing. So the really, you know, people always worry about automation being impersonal, but I think, you know, having your email messages in your marketing campaign being human is, is way more powerful when you tie it with the automation. And that's really, by the way, that's really what my podcast, the You on the Experience podcast, is going to be about how to tie those things together. This episode of The Staffing Show is brought to you by Staffing Referrals. 
the only recruiter referral platform designed specifically for staffing firms. If you're like most staffing firms, you're probably not using a digital referral platform, which means you're missing up to 60% of your potential referral placements. That's where Staffing Referrals comes in. Their recruiter referral platform helps you capture more referrals by transforming your candidates and contractors into digital brand ambassadors. Why do staffing firms love staffing referrals? You'll instantly get a referral program like the ones used by Lyft, Uber, and Airbnb. Your recruiters get their very own brand ambassador program, and your company will get more referral leads than ever before. I think you should check it out. If you'd like to get more referral leads for your recruiters, check out their 90-day pilot. They're giving Staffing Show listeners $500 off their first 90 days. To claim your $500 discount, visit staffingreferrals.com forward slash hub. I think you'll love it. It's funny. I heard a, a story from, from an employee at Zoom who had an automated email that went out and uh, got cuss words back from a customer <laughs> just asking wow. if they wanted if they wanted to test out their remote the remote video conferencing tool <laughs> which right now that actually feels like it's timely <laughs> just just timely but uh you know it's still uh, i think it's key to recognize where we're at um so wh- why don't you tell me a little bit specifically about how employee stream helps with automation and is kind of some of, some of the ways that it's being used during this time yeah so you know, if I, if I were to do the, the quick elevator pitch about employee stream, the idea would be to have a mobile friendly, desktop friendly onboarding experience for your candidates, but also for your internal staff, right? So your internal staff doesn't necessarily have to come in contact with your um, 1099 or W2 to put them to work because you can validate um, an I-9 or I-9 documentation remotely. You can take a picture of it or you can now, because of the relaxed uh, rules by the UCIS, or UCISC, whatever it is, uh, you can you can just take a video of it, so you can video chat um, and take and validate the documents. So, what's really powerful about Employee Stream is if you're attached to an ATS, it's going to pre-fill the documents, going to send them out automatically. Um, so your team can be remote. You don't need to go to someone and be like, "Hey, can you send Sally these, you know, the I nine, and then also the hiring agreement for this and this and this." All that stuff gets pre-filled and sent, um, and then. The background checks, once you complete a form, it gets sent to the background check provider that you're working with automatically. The results come back into the portal. The I-9 verification is automatic. Uh, and then again, you don't have to come in contact with a notary uh, or um, you know, someone that you're not generally going to come in contact with. right? So if I'm isolating or I'm quarantining with my wife, if I needed her to validate employment documentation, I could just have her get an email sent from employee stream that says, hey, can you validate these documents? The um, the governing body doesn't necessarily recommend it be a significant other, but it can be as long as there's a really powerful audit trail and you can see the documents clearly. So someone physically has to inspect the documents. Uh, there is a little bit of loosening, but we make it so that it's, it's a pretty powerful um, remote experience and you don't have to come in contact with someone that you're not, you know, sheltering in place with at the moment. So, yeah, and it, it feels like, uh, uh, you know, with with the advent of you know this pandemic and the need where we're all using more remote tools than ever, that, that having mobile onboarding, the ability to kind of uh, con- contactless, uh, the, the new term with, you know, everything, yeah. a con- contactless onboarding seems uh, more, more powerful than ever. Have you guys seen, uh, you know, any increase in business from 
you know, because of this, the, the pandemic or how's it, how's it directly impacting you guys, you know? So, so directly we were, uh, I'll give you, I'll give you one quick story. So we were in an implementation with a very large healthcare staffing company. Um, I'm not going to give any more detail than that, but they are going live with a new ATS. They're going live with employee stream and they have six brands. We were, we had one brand live. We had the biggest brand getting ready to go, you know, getting started implementation and getting into that process. Um, but they have a, another company that's travel nursing and they have branches all over the U S and people, the nurses would come into the branch and show their IDs. And so we had a spin up over the course of two weeks for all of their branch locations, this remote I nine solution just kind of gave them a point solution um, as part of the larger project. So we're still managing this massive onboarding project for this really large customer. Uh, but we delivered a point solution for them. Uh, and then we are in talks with one of the big, big four staffing companies to help deliver a, uh, a remote I nine solution for 2020. Uh, so really, it's really about that I nine um, that we're seeing a lot of opportunities for growth currently, as you can imagine, because people have to be remote and all the other solutions require you to essentially come in contact with a notary. And one of my one of my prospects that I was working with before I transitioned over was actually talking about the fact that notaries don't know how to use the platform either, and so upload like them uploading the documents that they took a picture of wasn't going very smoothly either. So. Um, you know, as long as the directions are clear about what to do with the documents that you're reviewing or inspecting, it's a, it's a great solution. And that's something that we've been working on and trying to make very transparent for the person because we're now asking non-HR people to be essentially HR people in this you know, kind of contactless time, right? Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. And one thing that you and I have talked about, uh, you know, not on this podcast, but other conversations that we've had is, you know, the candidate experience where things are going on that front. Um, why don't you tell me a little bit about, I guess, about how, what what you see as the future of the candidate experience or any best practices related to the candidate experience uh, from, yeah, from no. your perspective? Well, I, I mean, I think it's, yeah, I kind of live by the, uh, a couple of things, right? Like I love the the quote, you know, if you train them well enough, they, they're going to stay. And if you treat your employees really well, they're going to treat your customers really well. So I think um, staffing firms that focus on, the customer experience first being your team, internal team, is going to be really valid, really powerful, uh, so that they can deliver an incredible experience for your customers. Uh, and then through that, utilizing technology, right? So making sure that you can stay in front of them, you got to think about the key points where people complain. One, they apply for a job, they don't hear back, right? So, you know, just kind of having empathy around that process, right? And then, make, um, you know, they get submitted to a job, they don't hear back, making sure that there's some communication around there. Um, but then if they're a contractor and they're going to go to, and you're going to be the employer of record, making sure that the experience is smooth, not only for the candidate, but also for your internal team, right? So can you create an incredible experience for everyone involved on the administrative side, right? And I think that's where automation comes in. And you can see, uh, instead of having five passwords and logins to five different systems to do your background check, do your e-verify, do your paperwork, right? You're just going to have one portal or just one link that sends you to a place or a, a portal where you can complete the document, you know, the documents, the background check information and so on. Um, and I think that's really, you know, really going to be a powerful experience. But I think focusing on communication and then how, you know, communication goes throughout the entire cycle. We have this big circle that we talk about in employee stream, right? Um, because 
in onboarding, if you think about recruiting, you know, the, the recruiter and the account manager deal with one part of it. And then you have an admin who deals with the pay forward part of it, right? Especially for physician staffing or travel nursing, right? You go to compliance or credentialing. And if you can make it a really seamless process in that entire circle, right? So if they're going from the recruiter and account manager to the, to the admin team, um, smooth, seamlessly with as little clicks, you know, logging in, passwords, usernames as possible. It's going to create a really great experience. And then you're going to save your team's, your team time. Because, you know, not to reference this podcast, but I really love that episode with Marcus or Maurice Fuller um, when he was talking about, you know, everyone is in customer service, right? And, and staffing is going to become more customer service focused, right? So if you can do the entire front office part of the staffing uh, or staffing and recruiting job without coming in contact with the human, and then all you're doing is fielding inbound service requests. Like, you know, the technology surrounding it has to be great. And the people surrounding that technology have to be great too. Yeah, I completely agree with all of that. And I, I think that uh, moving, moving towards a seamless process for candidates. Um, I, I, I even think of, uh, you know, the companies that are figuring out how to do, you know, log in or apply with the social media or with your Google and having that be your process to, you know, get to all of your information at a time, seeing the steps that where you're at in your application process. Um, and even, and even having updates as you move through the process. So candidates can see what's happening. Um, I think there's, you know, going to be a big shift to that over time. Uh, we're, we're seeing that requested, um, you know, for the, the staffing referrals platform, but even seeing that on, you know, websites when somebody applies, it's, they want to know, what's the status and, and know that it's being, there are aspects of uh, things are moving behind the scenes uh, and that they didn't just uh, put the resume out into the uh, resume black hole. Uh, what I've, I've actually, I don't know if this stat is still accurate, but I remember a few years ago that the average time that a, a recruiter spent looking at a resume was somewhere around like three seconds. And I don't know, I don't remember the exact response rate on it, uh, but I think, you know, it was, it was somewhere in the uh, under 10% of, uh, resumes ever received any response for a yes or no. So I think even just the, you know, kind the response of, Hey, we, you know, this, you, you didn't make the cut this time, but making it something that's, uh, uh, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to just making sure you're communicating directly, directly and accurately with candidates throughout the entire experience, uh, and giving them more transparency through the process. So they feel like they're, they're part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I couldn't agree more. Um, I wrote it. There's a, there's a video out there called the breakup to make up video and using automation to send a, Hey, this one is right for you, but what else do you have? You know, here's what else I have, or let me know how your process is going. It's really about communication, which really boils down to empathy always at the end of the day. Yeah, we've actually, we, we do um, some recruiter interviews as well. And one story to your point on, I, I, I like that, the, the breakup or makeup. Uh, we actually had a recruiter, who uh, was top in referrals for one of these, uh, one of our, our clients and said that they, uh, he was getting more referrals from candidates that didn't start in a position than from the people that actually worked from him or ended up working for him or going on contract. And it was simply that, you know, he'd call and say, Hey, I want to know if you go through an interview, whatever the process was. And they'd say, you know what, this isn't the right fit for me right now. It's a, a no big deal. Uh, if you happen to know anybody, I'll shoot you a link and you can refer somebody. And he was actually driving more referrals through the, I guess called the, the breakup <laughs> part of the, the, the interview breakup than the he was. Yeah. Then he, then he was through the, uh, on contract people. So 
there's uh, interesting opportunities when you look at, you know, if somebody spent the time to apply for a job with your company, uh, they are expecting to hear back from you. And I think there's opportunity there through automation, as you're talking about, to make sure that you're sending a message that one adds value to them, makes them feel better about where they're at, and then potentially helps with your business in, in the end as well. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. So I don't want to harp on this too much, but I was just thinking, um, you know, it, COVID, negative experience, right? Negative overall situation for us. Um, not having the right job, negative, uh, you know, negative experience for that candidate. But if you can deliver bad news there, or work through bad things, like you build a more authentic relationship, right? So, you know, that's why you probably get more referrals from having that hard conversation about this job's not right for you. Um, but maybe staffing firms need to be training their recruiters when they start to have those hard conversations and teach them the power of, of that authentic connection with that candidate to drive more referrals, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of the reasons I, I uh, next question that I was going to ask you is actually talking about what opportunities within, uh, you know, this pandemic. I, and to your point, I know it's a hard time for all of us uh, in, in many ways, if, if nothing else, just emotionally through social distancing. I know we're all uh, going through the stages of it. It feels almost like stages of grieving. <laughs> it's like that, you know, while watching people kind of cycle through it. And uh, uh, I know even the best of us who are the strongest or you know, have moments of you know, just kind of thinking, man, what can't believe, can't believe this is where we're at. But uh, um, what what opportunities do you see uh, appearing, or, or from a staffing perspective, from a business perspective, or even just on a personal perspective? Uh, what what opportunities do you see coming from this? You know, going, kind of kind of reiterating the point of just empathy and, and using that empathy to connect deeper, uh, to tell your brand story. Um, I think that was huge. Uh, and I think the, it's funny, we're people, I keep seeing on LinkedIn, a lot of marketing and BD people getting, you know, furloughed or, or let go. And those are really, really powerful people when you need a story told, right? So if, you know, obviously their, their, you know, their direct relation to revenue is not maybe the easiest to see, but when you're not going to have a ton of sales, we're going to have a lot of time for people to ingest content and be able to understand who you are as a brand um, and what you're trying to do and your why. So like, you know, um, Employee Stream started from a staffing company and that staffing company um, put work at a industrial site and one of the contractors didn't get a background check and that background check, or that, that candidate, they wanted to bring them perm, so they ran their own background check, had a felony and that staffing firm lost their contract you know, maybe a million dollar contract. Right. And so that's employee streams. Why, why it was created. So if you can do that and connect and people have more time to ingest that why now and really pay attention to it. So I think, you know, it's, it's really a miss if you're not telling your story. And so it's kind of connection, authenticity, negative stuff allows you to have that, you know, and kind of connect with the deeper. So I don't know. I'm kind of preferential to storytellers and, and marketing. Sorry, I might be biased, but I think that's a really powerful thing at this point. And that's going to, what's going to bring you out of it faster when we do get to that point. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I, I also think, I think from a, a business and a personal perspective that there's a, uh, an aspect of where we're seeing one where we've all shifted how we're communicating. And I've never been on more zoom video calls in my entire life or thought that, 
never thought I'd be on Zoom calls with my family, but that's uh, that's now a thing too. So it's like everybody's embraced uh, embraced Zoom. I actually heard it was the uh, not her. I saw it was the number one most downloaded app a couple of weeks ago, like but on on the uh, Apple Marketplace, which is amazing to think that what was you know, originally a business tool and still thought of as a business tool is uh, hitting the consumer market this way. But I, I think the the area where I think it's probably opportunity for businesses and and pers- and uh, individuals like it. Uh, I do feel that we're connecting on a deeper level and that a lot of us are, you know, almost, we're opening up our homes through Zoom. You're getting to, some people are getting the, the, you know, the kind of the MTV cribs walk around of houses. I've had that happen a couple of times, but I do feel like people through, through these challenges are um, more apt to kind of open up and have real dialogue about who they are and, and kind of what's going on and what their challenges are. So I, I, I my hope is that the uh, the connections we're building now, the friendliness that you do see uh, through, if you go for a run, I've, I'm getting more waves than I normally would in Denver, Colorado. Uh, so I'm hoping that that uh, that empathy sticks with us as kind of a long term gain for everybody after going through this pandemic. Yeah, I'm a. I, I'm definitely making it a point to wave and say hello to everyone, even though I'm like six to 12 feet apart from them. And just, you know, sometimes I'm wearing a mask cause I'm in Miami and I'm like, Hey, not a crazy person. I'm uh, and it's a headband. So I'm wearing a headband as a mask, like a workout headband. Uh, I haven't <laughs> yeah. got my mask in yet. Yeah. And uh, I, I, you know, I just think that there's an incredible opportunity to be connected and, and, you know, and I think you're right. I think people need to be focused on that. And as hard as it is, connection is really what you know makes us a tribe, right? Like the hardest part about being quarantined away from everyone is that we're actually a social, you know, animal or whatever we are. Not to get too crazy, but you know, I think the and then the worst circumstances get, the better humans get as a group. So the best comes out of us when we're challenged like this. So it's it's good to see maybe you know obviously better circumstances always but i think that always drives a really powerful thing and i don't know if you've ever read the book tribe but uh you know the people in the the bombing lockdowns in the uk uh during world war ii always wanted to go back to those times because they thought that was the best the best of humanity and the best of their the group that they were in always wanted to relive that because that's when people were really good to each other they weren't too busy for each other and they were connecting on a real level so you know we're kind of we kind of repeat the same mistakes. We'll get out of this. We'll we'll forget about it, and then we'll 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 move on to being jerks to each other. But there's definitely a real opportunity <laughs> for uh, connection now. Yeah, no, it it does feel like uh, it, people coming together and trying to help each other at these times is pretty cool. Uh, and then of course, I don't. Are you getting the uh, the yells on the uh, balconies at, down in Miami? I'm getting those at 8 p.m. every every night here in Denver. Yeah. So my the, the apartment underneath me. He yells up and he's like, he gives me my apartment number. He's like, yo, da, 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 da. I'm like, hey, what's up? You know, his apartment number. And that's how we refer to each other. Uh, and we have like a 3 p.m., 4 p.m.-ish meeting every day. Um, really interesting about my building, just kind of side note, is they had a bicycle lock the doors to our inner courtyard because people would keep sunbathing down there in groups and like they weren't social distancing. Uh, so now I went down there today and the doors are bike locked. It's very... Uh, it's very interesting. We have a pretty bad, um, pretty bad outbreak down here in Miami, and people are or South Florida in general, and they're some not social distancing. So, this episode of the Staffing Show is brought to you by Text Us. 
You might remember TextUs for their conversational text messaging software that helps recruiters communicate faster with candidates. Since launching four years ago, TextUs has become the largest provider of text messaging to the staffing industry. In fact, over 500 staffing firms choose TextUs more than any other texting software on the market. Why are they so popular? Because getting a hold of the top talent is more difficult than ever. That's where TextUs comes in. Their real-time communication platform helps your recruiters cut through the noise and get a response. If you want to increase recruiter productivity, you should check out TextUs. You can claim your staffing show exclusive free 30-day pilot by visiting textus.com forward slash hub. Just go to textus.com forward slash hub to claim your pilot and start recruiting in real time. Oddly, this week that you and I are talking about this uh, could be one of the worst, should, is likely to be one of the worst weeks we've seen here in America. And um, yeah, I'm hoping that some of the predictions I've seen with a uh, peak in mid, mid-April, I'm hoping that that's, uh, that is truly a, a peak in terms of new cases coming on board, but we, we shall see. Yeah. Um, so with that, is there, there anything else, uh, related to employee stream, your podcast, your, I mean, you've got a lot of things going on, a lot of things on your plate. And I, I, I do appreciate how much you communicate on LinkedIn and the amount you share it. So you, you really do help bring new ideas, uh, to the forefront, uh, by sharing and, and, you know, bringing all of these videos online. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our audience today? Yeah, no, absolutely. So I think one of the biggest things that I'm always talking about is selling your tech stack and really what that means. So, um, and that's really what the podcast is about, right? There's people, but there's technology and how that technology is a differentiator for your brand. And in this period when business might be slowing down, it's time to get creative and explore what's available to improve your business. So how does, so how can you double down on technology to work, to work on your business, not in it, because obviously it's slow, right? We're in a slow period. So if you can develop a technology stack that you can go to market with, right? Like I mean, a great example is video interviews as, as an easy example, because we're all doing that right now if we're still recruiting and hiring. And I think, you know, if you can go and say, hey, you don't have to have three calls with this candidate because the first call that we have with them to interview them for this job, we're going to send you that video. So you're going to see them the first time. And then the, the second, next time you talk to them, you can be have more of a personalized conversation because you already know what they're going to present like. Um, you know, in Full Stream, I can get your candidates on board without coming in contact with another human being. People are selling that. Like, I can quickly get someone on board. So even in the crisis, your technology stack matters. But I think if you can create a story around how your technology differentiates you, once you're out of this crisis, you're going to have a really powerful um, really powerful brand to just get up and going once you know we can get back to business as usual as it's going to be, right? I don't think business as usual is a thing anymore. I think it's going to be an agile, adapted version once we get out of here. Um, but you really need to double down on your technology or how you're thinking about it. And it is a differentiator. And don't worry about how much it costs because it's, you know, it's COVID times, right? We're going to want to make deals, sorry. But <laughs> um, you know, I, I think it's a really, really good time to buy. It's a really good time to think about, really good time to double down on how you're thinking about your tech stack. So I know that sounds self-serving, but it's really not because I've always worked for, I've worked for firms that were really good with technology and really bad. And as a millennial, I want to work for someone who has good technology because they, we know we can back up and we can be more powerful. 
and have more more hands doing more things very quickly. Um, and you know, you don't want to be. I, I don't know. I think digital transformation is is going to be rapidly expanded. Hopefully, I, I think it's going to be rapidly expanded because of this. Like my wife's law firm, David, couldn't work remote, and now they're all remote, and they figured it out very quickly. So. Double down, pay attention to technology, sell your tech stack, figure out what that means. Probably my last thing. Uh, yeah, and I, I couldn't agree more. The, uh, it's actually interesting that I'm seeing a couple different types of, of uh, almost like personas of, of staffing firms. And this, this probably goes across all businesses, but there's a, a few that have gone into kind of the, the hunker down and wait it out and see where it goes. And there's others, uh, another group, a fairly large group that is going into the, this is the opportunity to make changes that we needed to make and kind of make the, you know, implement technology that we've talked about and really figure out how do we leverage every, you know, become the absolute most efficient staffing firm that we possibly can during this time while all of this change has, is happening. Um, Cause I do think that the, uh, the chaos pandemic, you know, all of the things that we're going through, it's uh, creating an opportunity for a lot of change. And with that, um, I, there have been, Staffing firms that it appears to be that are searching for more new technology than ever, that are trying to figure it out right now and trying to figure it out faster. Um, you know, we did a, a webinar on last Friday on COVID specifically for the healthcare industry, and one of the interesting things I heard about you, you mentioned your uh, wife's law firm and how they they couldn't go remote. I've heard multiple staffing CEOs say, uh, you know, I, I never thought we could go remote. Now we've been forced to. It's working. Now I don't know if we need our offices anymore. So you know the one the one industry that I would be concerned for right now because commercial real estate commercial real estate coming back out of this because I think um, once you know all of these companies being forced to go through this process realize all right well th- this can be effective this can we still can be productive and I think that simultaneously there's people looking at all right well now that I'm remote how do I manage my team remotely how do I make sure my team's producing remotely. Um, how do I make sure that, uh, all of the emails and messages are going out automatically so that I don't want to say, you know, it's kind of a shift towards, um, and, and embracing of technology during this time by some. And I think that, uh, yeah. anytime there's, there's chaos, there's opportunity. And I, uh, imagine that, um, you know, it's, I, I've heard this, I, I wasn't, uh, I was actually in grad school during the time, but 2008, I know that I've heard from a lot of staffing firms that it was the ones who made moves during that period and that were able to survive came out twice as strong and was you know was a, a land grab in terms of market share and i think um this might be a similar opportunity it's where the ones that act uh intelligently but also aggressively towards towards change uh could could come out the other side in a very positive way yeah no i i couldn't agree more and i was just laughing to myself because softbank pulled the plug on the three billion you know their three billion dollar bailout of we work, but if you think about for the commercial real estate world, if we're going to all downsize our offices and become more agile, we work is a great solution for an agile workforce. Because if you have companies that don't want to downsize their office but still have some place professional to go once it's over, you know, once they need to have a meeting, where are they going to go? I don't want to go to a Regis suite. I worked out of one. I'd much rather go yeah, yeah. work. <laughs> Same. Industrial. I, I so, so yeah. I'm just, right I'm just you. saying, you know. Anyone on SoftBank that listens to the staffing show uh, might want to reconsider that because everyone's going to downsize their office and there's going to be a lot of real estate for cheap, commercial estate for cheap. Yeah. <laughs> I, what do I know? I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, 
Uh, any, anything else you want to chat about today? So I really enjoyed this conversation, and uh, I think this is you know valuable during these times and these these strange times that we live in. Um, anything else you wanted to, to discuss? No, I mean just you know be able to. to I'm going to reiterate: be empathetic and lead with empathy, and tell a good story, and let your customers tell stories for you. They have time to do case studies, so. Go, go reach out to them and help them explain your story that you're solving for them to somebody else. That's about it. That, and you just sparked an idea that I, I, I have found this as a, an opportunity to ask if, if people are, um, you know, from a software perspective, but even from a staffing perspective, being able to get use cases or stories of uh, how people are using your staffing services or your software during this period um, can be meaningful, not only, for your business from an internal standpoint and from kind of a motivation standpoint, but if you're able to get those case studies or you know, uh, storylines, it's, it's, it's valuable externally as well. And I, I have to say that I'm uh, very, very grateful uh, uh, to be working in an industry that is helping get people jobs in a time when you know, thousands, millions of people are, are losing theirs. Um, and it's, uh, hopefully we can help put as many of them back to work as possible. Yeah, feel free to reach out to me, anyone in the staffing industry, happy to point you at all the resources that uh, people have been sharing with me to help. Um, I still recruit, even though I sell staffing software, I still love networking and connecting. And I was actually doing a bunch of connecting this morning. I was actually bringing, bringing staffing companies in line with cleaning companies. And it was, it was great. It was, you know, I love that feeling. And I think that's why we all get into staffing. So, Awesome. Well, thanks so much again, Rob. Really enjoyed having you on today. Um, we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Dave, it was an honor. Thank you, man. All right, thanks. Thanks for listening to The Staffing Show. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at staffinghub.com to never miss an episode. Until next time. <laughs>